The first reading is from Luke, chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. And this can be found on page 1032 in the Pew Bibles. The man with leprosy. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then we read, Jesus heals a paralytic. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew that they were thinking what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier? To say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading comes from John 5 verses 1 to 9 and can be found on page 1068 of the Pew Bibles. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bathsheba, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? 
Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Thanks be to God. So we've been spending time over the last few weeks thinking about aspects of Jesus' character and thinking about what that meant in the context and also what it would mean for us today in our church. And today we're moving on to thinking about Jesus, the healer. It's not the most straightforward of topics. It raises lots of questions. And for many people, it's it's sometimes one of the sticking blocks in Christian faith. But I want to pose some questions that I think we all ask. I think deep down we all have questions about our understanding of Jesus as a healer. The first one is, can Jesus heal? Is he actually able to heal? Is he willing to heal? How does he heal? Why does he heal? What does he heal? Does he heal today? Well, you see, there's enough questions to last us a whole year of sermons. So we can't unpick every single one of them. But I would like us to spend some time looking at the New Testament and looking at what we can see and what we understand of Jesus there and then to think about what do we understand for us today. Last week we were looking at Jesus being a miracle worker. The way in which he had some supernatural power that Jesus was able to use that testified to the fact that he was the son of God and that brought glory to God. So we recognised, and Colin was very honest in saying that, you know, again, there's lots of questions around that, but we have a choice. Do we believe in Jesus being a miracle worker? And yes, we do. We believe that Jesus performed miracles that demonstrated that supernatural power and brought glory to God. And healing is part of that same supernatural power. There's something about the, um, the power of healing that Jesus has that actually resonates with what we were looking at last week. So to look at the New Testament and to ask those first two questions, can Jesus heal and is Jesus willing to heal? The answer has to be yes. Because we see numerous examples throughout the Gospels where Jesus does heal and he wants to heal. We've read some of those today already. The one that we had read first in Luke chapter 5. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me, um, you can make me clean. And Jesus wants to respond to that. He chooses to respond and he heals him. And as we read through these examples of Jesus' healing, we realise that the way in which Jesus performed miracles to bring glory to God, there's a sense in which he also offers healing to demonstrate that power and to bring glory to God. And at the end of the passage that we read in Luke, the people say, we have seen remarkable things today. So people stopped, they watched 
they noticed and they could see that they had seen something extraordinary, something that they didn't expect, something paradoxical, something that wasn't meant to happen. They have seen a healing take place that they didn't think would happen. And that told them something about who Jesus was and what power he had. So let's look a little bit more in depth at the the stories that we've heard read and try and understand within the context of the New Testament times what was going on and what the healing actually meant. So this man with leprosy, he simply asked, if you're willing, Jesus, would you heal me? And Jesus responded and said yes, and he healed him. Jesus touched him. This is a man with leprosy. You weren't allowed to touch people with leprosy. It made you unclean. So Jesus touched him. And what should have happened in that action is that Jesus should have therefore also been made unclean by the fact that he touched the man with leprosy. But something amazing happens. Jesus does not become unclean. The opposite happens. The purity and the cleanliness of Jesus is transferred to the man and he is made clean. He's made clean and is healed of his leprosy. Jesus and his healing power transforms the man and makes him clean. And Jesus says to the leper, I want you to go now and I want you to go to the authorities because you need to get a certificate to prove that you are now clean. And this is what happened. The leper was not allowed to be amongst other people. We hear them you know, ringing bells. And if you've read, um, the, the name's just gone completely, there's a novel, The Island, Victoria Hislop, that in more recent times talks about a leper colony on an island. And that fear of having contact of people with leprosy. In order for him to be reinstated into society, he needed to go to the authorities. The priest would need to, to judge that he was clean and would give him a certificate of cleanliness and say, now you are fully accepted back into society. So two things are happening there. By virtue of this man going to the temple, there's an evidence here. The temple authorities themselves are saying, yes, this man has been healed. So this isn't a figment of the people's imagination. They think in the atmosphere of all that's going on, they imagine something's happened that hasn't actually happened. This healing took place. Because the man is able to go to the temple, the authorities who are not happy with Jesus, who wouldn't want to help him on his ministry, look at the man and say, yes, you have been made clean. You no longer have leprosy and you can become a full member of society. So there is proof and evidence that Jesus healed. The other aspect for this man, not only does he no longer have leprosy, but he's now a full member of society. Can you imagine what it would be like to be an outcast? To have nobody come near you. To not be touched for years and years and years. And now, through that healing, you are made whole. You are one like others, fully accepted and a fully functioning member of that society. So this particular healing of leprosy makes the man whole. There's a similar aspect in the passage that follows straight on in Luke about the paralysed man 
And again, if we look at the context, we see that there is something about evidence and proof that Jesus does heal. The Pharisees and the teachers are watching. They're watching what is going on. They're not happy with Jesus, and they're watching, and they want to see what is going on. So whatever happens is under scrutiny from the very beginning. I think this is a lovely story. This is the man who's paralysed, who's probably given up and doesn't have any hope that he'll ever get better. And it's his friends that want to help him. And they carry him. And there's no room. There is no space. The place is heaving. And they don't give up. And they take him up onto the roof and make a hole in the roof and lower him down so that he can be healed. That's good friends, isn't it? That take him right, you know, go the extra mile to make sure that this man can meet Jesus. And Jesus comes face to face with a paralysed man. And we know that he can heal. And we know this man needs healing. But the first thing that Jesus says is this. He says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Friend, your sins are forgiven. And then he tells him to take up his mat and walk. Forgiveness of sins could only be done through the temple. Again, we're back to this tension between Jesus and what's going on in the temple and the Jewish authorities. Forgiveness of sins was a complex and difficult situation. Only God can forgive sins. But the way it was done was through a sacrificial system at the temple. You took an unblemished lamb. You bought a dove. There would be rituals of cleansing, huge festivals, the Day of Atonement when sins could be forgiven. It wasn't a daily renewing as we know it now. And at the heart of it, the role of the high priest, who was actually able on God's behalf to say, your sins are forgiven. Jesus looks at this man and says, your sins are forgiven. And in saying that, he's demonstrating that he is the son of God. In front of the temple authorities, the teachers, you can imagine how they respond to that. But it's interesting that he forgives the sins before the physical healing Again, there is this sense of healing being about being made complete, being made whole. Jesus is able to put this man right with God. That's what happens when our sins are forgiven. We are made right with God. We become righteous, made right with God. And so in this example, we see a physical healing. The man gets up and walks. He's been lying on his back for years. And like that, he walks. But there's a spiritual healing. Again, he is made whole. He's made complete. Then we've got the example in John chapter 5, the second reading that Guy read to us, the healing at the pool. And again, we have a complete physical healing that leads to full life in the community. No longer is this man going to have to to be by the poolside dependent on begging for any bit of money that he can have to um, be able to eat. But there's a very intriguing question in the midst of this passage in John 5, and it comes at the end of verse 6. So chapter 5, verse 6, on page 1068. When Jesus saw him lying and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That is a really intriguing question, and I want to come back to that later in the sermon. So we've looked at three examples of physical healing and healing that goes a step further 
and is about making somebody whole. We could look at other examples. But in our New Testament, in our Gospels, we see evidence that Jesus heals. With evidence being proved by the authorities as well. It's not just some sort of random hyping up of emotion. There is an evidence through our Bible that Jesus has the power to heal. He heals the whole person and he heals in a variety of ways and contexts. No two ways are the same. That's great, isn't it? We read of a, of a Lord, a Jesus, who heals. And we can be excited about that and honour that and, and that can give us great hope and confidence. The harder question then comes when we transfer that to us today and say, okay, that was, that was great for the New Testament. I wish I'd been alive and seen Jesus performing all these miracles. I wish I'd been there to see that power at work. But what about today? Does Jesus heal today? I believe that he does. I believe Jesus still heals today. And I've seen and known about physical healings. Some have been more remarkable than others. Some have been quite, you know, you could only say that could only be God that has done that. Others perhaps have been more gradual and gentle and and with lots of medical intervention. But for me personally, I believe that Jesus heals today and still heals today in a supernatural way that goes beyond what we know about in our own understanding. I also know he doesn't always heal. And that's where it gets tricky. And I have spoken about this before. I have spoken about the reality of having to acknowledge that while we believe in a God, in Jesus who heals, we also know that it doesn't happen on every occasion. And that's where the complexity and the difficulties arise. And that's sometimes where we leave it, we park it. Because actually it's too complicated. It raises too many questions. It shakes our faith and our understanding. We need to question our own relationship with God. And sometimes it's too difficult to actually face that question, so we park it. And what then happens as a result is that we lose out on that deep knowledge that Jesus heals Because we can't cope with the the problems that come with that question, we run the risk of losing the benefit and the reality and the truth of a Lord who longs to heal us and make us whole. So today I want to step back from that question. Not to park it, but to say, okay, that's a hard question. I will never know the answer to that. I won't know the answer to that in my own life. My father, as many of you know, was ordained. He believed in a healing ministry. He ran healing services on a monthly basis and saw people healed and restored. He developed Parkinson's disease when he was in his late 40s, suffered with it for about 15 years and died when he was 63. Was never healed from that. That raises huge questions. Why not him? Why the others and not him? So I've got a choice here, and and I'm talking very personally here. Do I park that and say, that's far too difficult, and I'll go through the rest of my life not really wanting to explore that too far? I do not know why my father wasn't healed. What I do know is that I saw God at work in my mother's life and in his life while he was ill, that there was a healing of him as a person in his illness, that actually the man who I saw close to his death 
was a restored and whole man, even though he was desperately ill. It's very complicated, isn't it? But what do I take from it? I take from it my understanding and knowledge that Jesus does still heal, not on every occasion. And of course, we've only got the accounts of when he did, because it's not much of a gospel if it's saying he didn't heal. I believe that Jesus heals today and wants to make us whole. And what I mean by that is that I believe that Jesus wants to transform each and every one of us. Because we all need to be made whole. Whether that's from a physical illness or something much more abstract. I believe that we're all broken and incomplete that actually we will never be our true selves until we meet Jesus face to face in heaven. But we're on a journey. And as I live on this earth, Jesus is able to transform my life, to make me day by day more of the person that he has created me to be. And that's a journey of being made whole, being made complete, being made one in Jesus. And that is the healing that I want to say today is on offer to every single one of us. But also that it's the hardest one to accept. Because of the world we live in and the society that we are in, we live in a world of self-reliance. It's up to us to get on in the world. And we daren't acknowledge frailty, weakness or vulnerability. Because that's just too difficult because it puts us on the wrong side of things and we can't get on in life. And so we tend to bury the reality of our broken lives, certainly to everybody else, but more importantly to ourselves. We don't really want to acknowledge the brokenness, the incompleteness of our own lives. And yet Jesus is longing to bring healing into that brokenness. So what do we need healing from? How do we need to be made whole? We all suffer from different things. Anxiety, fear, guilt, insecurity. I can't think there's any of us who have perfect self-esteem and a good self-image. We struggle with feelings of greed, control, pride, jealousy. The list could go on and on and on. We are not complete and Jesus wants to help us. It's been interesting. We've been spending this term trying to listen to what God is saying. And over the last few weeks, two different people have spoken to me about courses that they know that talk about this very thing, that talk about the, the truth that as Christians we are incomplete, we're broken. And they've both spoken to me about different courses that help us firstly acknowledge that and secondly work on that and see where God might heal us and restore us and make us whole. And there's a question there. Is that something as a church we should be offering? How honest are we as a church of saying we haven't got it right? God's working on me but he hasn't finished yet. And so there's areas in my life of brokenness. Should we as a church be more real about that 
and offer opportunities for people to, to have a course, if that helps, to explore that further. What about prayer ministry? Praying for each other. Again, a whole sermon could be on what prayer ministry is. But at its very basic form, prayer ministry is about being open and responsive to the working of the Holy Spirit. And when we're open to that, God's love, guidance and healing power can be released. There are one or two occasions when I felt brave enough to say, if you would like us to pray for you, come and we do it in different ways. Should we be offering prayer ministry every week? And having people trained, because it does take training. Training and understanding of actually being open to the voice of the Spirit. Hearing the Spirit speak. The first time you do it, it's really scary, because how do I know it's the Spirit's voice and not my own? But building confidence that we can hear the voice of the Spirit. Speaking into situations and giving hope and truth and light and guidance into our lives. Let's go back to that intriguing question that Jesus posed. Do you want to get well? Because I think that's a question he's asking us today. Do we want to get well? Do we want to be the best people we can be on this earth, knowing that fulfillment will come ultimately in heaven, but we don't have to wait for that complete transformation? It can begin now on earth. Is that something we want? And are we willing to explore that question, facing up to all that it might mean, facing up to some realities about our lives that we'd rather were hidden because we don't want to go there. It's ugly. It's painful. It hurts. But unless we face up to them, that transforming healing power cannot be poured into our lives. I want to share a poem that's based on that passage In John, do you want to be healed? You unsettle me, Jesus, this loving provocation of yours. What can you do for me? What have you done for me lately? So why this question? Why not a question about need? Ask me what I need, Jesus. I can talk that language. I can justify that. Everybody needs. You know that. But want is confusing. What you want. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. But you can't always get it. If I tell you, you'll have me in a corner. I'll be too vulnerable. I might not want it after all. I might not want to live up to my wants. I might not be brave enough to be a have. My wants allow me to be a have-not. The timid fellowship of the deprived. Or, if I tell you, it might all come spilling out. So much wanting, you might not thank me, Jesus. Wants bigger than I bear to admit Wants that expose me or reduce me, humiliate me, disgrace me. Wants that break me, break my faith or break my health or break my heart, break my bank. I want to tell you, but I am more afraid that if I tell, you will not give me what I want. 
And where will I be then? And what will be the use of this prayer? And what will it say about you? What are you saying? How do I read this? Is my faith paralysed? Is this a trick question? Do you want to heal me? I believe that Jesus does want to heal every single one of us. For some it will be physical, for some spiritual. For some it will be that opening up of the brokenness of our lives. And Jesus says, I can come and I can pour my healing and transformative power through your life. But you have to ask. You have to be open. You have to be willing. Do you want to be healed? We're going to spend some time in space coming before Jesus. And to help us, we're going to watch a short song with some actions in it. And this is a song based on the blessing of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you know his peace. Way back in the Old Testament, God gave a promise that he wants to bless us. He wants to make us whole. And as you watch this, you might just begin to say to Jesus, yes, I want to be healed.
want to get well we're going to close our eyes and if you think that God has been speaking and that it would help to make some action of saying yes, yes Jesus I believe you can heal me I believe you can be at work in my life and I want to know your healing power in my life I would invite you to stand up Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we pray now that, Jesus, you would heal and bring life to each one. That by the power of your Spirit working through us, we would know your healing power in our lives and make us whole and know your presence with us. Amen.